Welcome to the Stronger Marriage Podcast with Trey and Lee. Hey, everybody. We're so glad you joined us today. We're glad to be back at it. We yes. had a great uh, workshop in Wimberley, Texas last weekend. We did. Had a lot of Austin, uh, San Antonio area people, some Waco folks, some Wichita Falls, Texas folks. Yeah, just, just down the road We from met us. some great people in Wimberley. And if you are a, a listener to the podcast and you were with us in Wimberley, thank you for coming mm-hmm. because it was a great weekend. Fun weekend. It was. We had just a great, great time. And so we've got coming up next month. On the 14th and 15th of July is our getaway weekend in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, It is one in which people fly in from all over the country. People from the area come in. Um, I think the the host hotel that we're doing this at has a shuttle that goes back and forth to DFW Airport. Um, Registration for this event opens Monday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time, and this workshop will sell out. So if you're interested in going, you need to get on this and get the registration in. We'd love for you to have you come. All the details are on our webpage. Um, it's our big event. We got giveaways. We'll have we got multiple giveaways that we're excited about, and just fun. It's a fun. It's weekend. a fun weekend. Uh, the hotel itself is not huge. Uh, they did have a, a big conference center, big enough for us to use. I don't know if they will release like every room to us or mm-hmm. not because I, I believe when I looked at like they have 99 rooms in this hotel so uh if if you're finding that they're saying it's booked up there's hotels like right next door uh, yeah. uh, and very close in the area so and we haven't um, heard anybody say it's booked up yet sure no, register no. and then get your hotel room don't wait till the last right. minute to get your hotel booked um but it will be fun we are excited about it if you have questions about it message us We'd love to, we'll answer any questions you got. The cruise is full. It, yeah. We filled up every room. We're tr- that they gave us initially. So we're trying to get another block of rooms. Uh, the tr- our travel agents are trying to do that. Um, so yeah, that's gonna, that's exciting. It is. It is. So we're, we're if you want to go and you hadn't put in a deposit, um, I actually think you can probably reach out to our travel agent. She probably can still get you a room. Um Come go with us. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about Alaska. We have begun to talk about that. That's August. And if you listen to this and you're in Alaska, we are coming in to Alaska. We'll be in Wasilla in August. We're excited about that event. It's our second time to go to Alaska. Um, it is going to be a great weekend. And so we just wanted to throw those things out there really quick. Those dates are the 18th and 19th of August. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk some sex here today. Yeah, it's been a, it's been since February. Since February, since we try we try to talk about this often because there's not a lot of other folks that do. Not because it, uh, not just because we like to talk about sex, but. Uh, we feel like it, we get more questions about sex. We feel like it's something that needs to be addressed. Um, and uh, anytime we do a podcast about sex, it's one of the most listened to, which tells us that it's something that was needed to be said. Yeah. People are, are searching out um, positive information, Yeah, uh, whatever it is. And we're talking married sex. We're going to talk a lot of facts today. Just simple facts about married sex that you may not know. Um, this would be a great podcast to share with your spouse um, listen to it. Y'all listen to it. Let them listen to it and then talk about it. Go, what did you learn that maybe we didn't know? But it would be a, a great podcast to listen to. Don't have to. You can listen driving down the street if you want to. Uh, but uh, 
as a couple, but if you want to, you can listen to it one at a time. But uh, yeah, that would that would be good. It so. is. Yes. So yes, facts and statistics. Uh, we have a lot of people that want to argue with some of our our points, and we're like, you, why are you arguing with a statistic? It's a it's a statistic. You can't. Yeah. It, <laughs> We're not, we're not, we're not, you know, things that are studied statistically, we just will give you the statistic. It might not fit your marriage. That's great. But it's, it's not up for debate. It's an actual statistic. So, um, okay. So we, uh, we did uh, in February, we talked about 14 enemies of married sex. So just very quickly, we're going to mention five of them. We're not going to spend any time talking about them, but it'll just kind of let you know what some of those are. If you missed that episode and you're thinking, I want to, I want to go back and listen to that. Um, it was called 14 enemies of married sex, but here's five. Uh, and the first one is letting your children regularly sleep in your bed. Yeah. Or pets or anything right. else that might get right. in the way of, Just of intimacy. That, that can get in the way. Um, the next one is pornography. Yes, which is very, very hard. I find it very interesting that um, statistically, again, pornography is one of the biggest causes of a sexless marriage. And so, yeah, let that be known. Yeah. Letting uh, yourself go physically. Yeah, that, and you're going, oh, what? You know, they should love me for what I look like. You listen to the episode. We, we talk about some things in detail. Yeah, yeah. And maybe when we're talking letting yourself go physically, maybe that's because you've let yourself go and you can't perform sexually like you could. And maybe you need to see a doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of reasons. That's it. Uh, making everything more important than your sex life. We, we probably will, will a little bit touch on that today in some of our facts that we're going to be talking about. Um, and then the next enemy, the last one that we want to mention here today is when only one person in the marriage does all the sex, sexual initiating. Yeah, and, and we, we will talk will about that talk today about that as well. So. If only mm-hmm. one person is doing all the initiating, that's hard on your, it is. your sex life, your married sex life. And we'll talk about that as we go. So let's just talk some common facts, statistics about sex. Um, and the first one is, is statistically, according to numbers, the average married couple has sex a little over four to five times a month. And, and I guess 4.5 was not a, a good number, so they said four to five. Uh, four to five times a month. And so that's pretty close to once a week or once and a half a week, if yeah. you can do that. And that's a little bit different statistic than we have in our workshop because another statistic that we found says it's about 2.5 times a week. So yeah. this is less yeah. even than that other statistic that we found. So, um, but but the, the point here is we want to talk about how often should a married couple have sex and that is and if you're you're sitting there thinking you may be thinking four to five times a month you may be thinking that's not very much you may be thinking that's a lot Mm -hmm. here's what here's what you need to understand about this and it is you set you set your own average you don't have to live up to to either one of the statistics we just threw out you don't have to live up to anybody else's average you set your average for what works for your marriage for both parties That's right. in the marriage. That's right. So if it's, uh, if it's four times a week, wonderful. It may be three times a week one week and once the next and five times a week the next week. Maybe it's once a week. Whatever it is, it needs to be agreed upon with you and your spouse. Not the higher drive spouse or the lower drive spouse should get to be the one that decides what that number is. It should be a mutual agreement between a husband and wife. That's how a healthy marriage works. Right. 
Um, there's and there's so, got to be a little bit of compromise there. Sure. Um, if you're the higher drive, um, you you just might not be able to to have it as often as you would like. If That's you're right. the lower drive, you might have to step up and have it a little bit more than you really would would care to but it it never hurt anybody no nope, it didn't <laughs> it didn't we'll probably talk about that in a minute too but that's a that's an interesting statistic is frequency how often do most couples do that we just want to tell you 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 should be your own average so you just set your own number and and when somebody says how often do you think a couple should have sex um, in your head you just answer as much as we do because you should get to set that statistic and there have been times in our marriage depending on what stage of marriage we were in whether we were newlyweds had toddlers um, it probably varied a whole lot we have not been consistent with one set amount for 34 years of marriage and so it's a communication thing. There are times where we kind of go, hey, we probably ought to step up, do a little bit better. And then there's other times where we're going, wow, we're really doing good here. So, yeah, you set your own number. Yes. So, according to statistics, 75% of married women orgasm during sex. Uh, many married women don't measure sexual success by orgasms, but definitely it it, it is important. It is important. Um I mean, it's it's the perk. God intended sex for pleasure. Uh, and I think yeah. one of the reasons we throw this out there is because sometimes, generally speaking, I'll just throw this out there, generally speaking, almost 100% of the time men will orgasm. And if a wife doesn't, sometimes a man thinks, well, she didn't like it, mm -hmm. or maybe I didn't do well, or um, yeah, maybe that, there's something not, wrong. That's and that's not, not, the, not case. the case. No, because women still often feel connected to their spouse and satisfied, even if they don't achieve an orgasm. So, yeah. But it's just kind of like the cherry on top, as we said It before. is. And we'll, we'll throw this out there, because I think this is important to say. If this is an area where you have an issue with your spouse, and... and you know, maybe you, you haven't figured it all out exactly, communication is the key. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that at the end. But if you can talk about this with your spouse, it's not embarrassing. Um, don't let it hurt your feelings. Talk about it. Figure out what works, what doesn't work, what feels good, what positions feel good, what works. Those are all healthy things. The more you talk about it, yeah. And, and maybe you just need to educate yourself more, um, honestly. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Find a good book. We, we always uh, like to recommend Sheet Music mm -hmm. by Dr. Kevin Lehman, um, Christian author, but he, he just, you know, he just, he does a good job of, of educating you. And so there's a lot of books. Uh, we in, like that. Intended, yeah, for, intended for Pleasure. Intended for Pleasure by Dr. Ed Wheat. That's an older book. But it is, it's still very good. Um, it's a good educational book. Yep. So, yes. Here's a, here's a statistic, another fact. 20, roughly 20% 20 of married couples fall into what is considered to be a sexless marriage category. Now, that may not actually mean they never have sex, but sexless scientifically is defined as having sex less than 10 times per year, which... I'll throw this out there, is totally fine as long as both partners are okay with it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of couples that go, hey, we can live without sex, uh, or sex isn't that important to us, or maybe there's some issues where you know age gets to be a problem, and so maybe 10 times a year's loads, maybe two times a year's loads. As long as you're both happy with it, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the length, 
You ready to move on yeah, from that? Okay. That sounds good. So the length of a man's orgasm, of men's orgasms, is roughly eight seconds long, mm-hmm. whereas a woman's is, on average, about 20 seconds. Well, that's not fair. So that's not fair at all for y'all, no, right? No, I <laughs> We didn't rip here. God is really good to Yeah, to for here. to the women. Yeah. It's for having to put up with us guys. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 when I read that, I thought, yeah, I think that's probably right. And uh, I thought that was interesting. And I think it it's interesting. I think it's an interesting thing. And like it or not, generally men's orgasms are much more shorter than a woman's orgasms. And so, yeah, women, lucky you. Yep. That's there right. you go. Okay, the but goal, and, yeah, oh, go ahead. this is not the whole goal, right? That's no, not no, the no. whole goal. Well, orgasm starts. is really not the goal. It's just yeah. kind of the cherry on top. It's the connection. Mm-hmm. The goal of marriage should be to please one another. Yeah. And not it's, self-satisfaction. It's definitely not self-satisfaction first or not even pleasing your mate, but but connection. Um, yeah. it, it is for pleasure, but it it's in marriage. That's really the design that God had for it was for the connection of it. It's a it's a time of serving your spouse. It's a time of going, I want to put my spouse's needs and make them important. And I'm gonna put them first. And if both couples climb into bed thinking I'm gonna I wanna bless my spouse tonight, man, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good sex yeah. life. I mean that's kind couple. of the goal in marriage um twenty four seven is to be selfless, to put your spouse first, to, to think of ways that you can meet their needs, that you can serve them. And I mean, why should that not continue in yeah, the bedroom? Yeah. 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 Oh, here's a good one. You want to read this one? You want me to go with it? Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right, here we go. We wrote this down because we want to make sure and get it just exactly right. God created a woman's clitoris to have 8,000 nerve endings. It, it has more nerve endings than any other thing that there is 8000 nerve endings and its only function is for pleasure mm-hmm. the only functions for obviously married sex was meant for more than pro, just procreation yes uh 8000 nerve endings uh that god put there for women folk to go hey that kind of feels good he, he wants us to enjoy it so maybe he gave us the lower sex drive but you know, this can kind of make up for it a little there bit. You there you go. But not all women have a lower sex <laughs> not drive. Not all women. And we have not mentioned that. Uh, one out of every four women have a higher sex drive than their husband. So we do want to be sure and bring that up because, uh, you know, statistically speaking, men have the higher sex drive. So we tend to gravitate toward that when we're talking about sex. But we want you to understand that that's not always the case. If that's not the case in your marriage, then that's perfectly fine. And another thing, when you're talking about, about higher sex drive, lower sex drive, it always it doesn't mean your spouse doesn't like sex if sure. they have a lower sex drive. They may like sex as much as you do. They just may not need it as often mm-hmm. as you do. So so don't take that as a as a blow to your ego if if your spouse if you're sitting here thinking I'd love three times a week and your spouse says I'm pretty comfortable with one doesn't mean they're not interested in you or don't like sex. It just means maybe they don't need that as often as you. Right. And um, so I think that's an important thing, especially true. for men or the higher sex drive spouse. And and we hear from women all the time that go, my husband's not interested and is killing me. And and so it's not just a, a, a man thing. Yeah, that's true. What are some complaints? Uh, so a top complaint from married women when it comes to sex is that they want their husband to pursue them other than just sexually or in the bedroom. And what men are really bad at is sometimes we only chase our wife when we want sex. And that shouldn't be the case. Meaning, 
you're only doing stuff because you're interested in sex or you're only they only feel like you just want me for sex. They want you to they want you to send a sweet text for no reason. They want you to send flowers for no reason. Uh, a wife wants you to to help cook supper for for no to pursue them other than just in the bedroom. And so that's a really big deal, guys. Don't just pursue your wife sexually. She wants to be pursued other than just in the bedroom. Yeah. Don't think every time you you touch, it's got to go somewhere. She wants to be she just wants to be touched every once in a while. She wants you to to squeeze her arm, to give her a hug. You know, you don't have to grab her butt every time every you other, touch. I hear you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and if she grabs yours, maybe she's just being flirty and fun. Right. It, doesn't mean it she's... may not mean she's ready for you to throw her on the bed. Yeah, that's exactly right. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so another complaint, and this is this is another one from wives, um, is that they are too tired. Um, yeah, and hear... and there's there's a reason that Dr. Lehman in his book says this. Mm-hmm. He says that this is the greatest enemy of sex for women: busyness and weariness. Uh, we overschedule. Uh, Where we drop in bed exhausted. And sometimes it's because, well, one, I said we overschedule. Another reason is because we don't have a lot of help around the house. Yeah. And so yeah. you, you take off and talk about that. I will. Let me, let me throw this out there. Uh, I hear, we hear on social media, women say sometimes, I'm so exhausted by the end of the day. It's like, then it's just one more thing that mm-hmm. I have to do. Yeah. And, and so... It's really, really important that maybe what husbands, if you're a husband with a higher drive and you're listening to this, if if your wife complains about being tired, maybe you need to step up a little bit more. Maybe you need to help out a little bit more. In fact, statistically, like it or not, I'm going to throw this one out mm-hmm. there. Uh, I've read it. It's on the internet. You message me. I'll send it to you. I don't know who studied it, but husbands who help out more around the house have higher have sex more often than those that don't. So, and that's probably has nothing to do with, oh, my man ran a vacuum. I think I'll uh, throw him on the bed. It has to do with you ran a vacuum or you helped with the kids and she's got some energy left at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so husbands... But it does make you more attractive. Yeah, that's chore play. It does. <laughs> it does make you Especially more Especially if your love language is acts of service. Uh, absolutely, yes. There you go. But absolutely. no, I, no, it does. And and so like, yeah, if you're if you're putting in the work to help around the house, she's going to have more energy. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. So yeah, that's a great point. Um, so here's a complaint from Mary. So men, men have complaints? I think they do. Okay. So tell us what it is. All right. Oftentimes men's biggest complaint is that they're the ones that always initiate and they feel like they're begging. Right. If they've got the higher drive. Um, and they just feel like all yeah. the time, I'm, I'm the one having to ask. I'm the one saying, will it happen soon? And you just go over and over and over until it's just kind of like, I just feel like I'm begging. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, many men will quit. And, and a wife will at first think, well, finally, he's just taking a break and giving me a break. But... What wife doesn't want to be pursued sexually? Yeah. Well, and, and this is if you lose it completely, that's heartbreaking. It is. This this is the greatest enemy of sex for men. Um, they want to feel like you want them. They want to feel pursued and desired. And if if you never initiate, you know they don't feel that. And so pretty soon they'll just stop pursuing you altogether. Um, Sadly, a lot of men turn to other things 
Not all. And it shouldn't be that way. And it way. shouldn't be and that way. And it's not always bad. Sometimes sometimes men will take up, well, I'm just going to go play golf. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to yeah. go uh, surf on my phone for an hour. And you're going, well, all he does is ever ever search on his phone and just play on his phone. Or he's going to go play video games. It's because he's tired of asking. Yeah. And so... He, just, he, he will lose interest after a while if he is the one that has to initiate every single time. Yeah. And so it's important when you do that, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a healthy thing. And can can I throw one more thing out there? I think this is really good to put right here. Just kind of popped in my head. Don't if you're a lower drive spouse, man or woman, don't look at your higher drive spouse's need as a inconvenience, as a frustration, as a uh, as a bad thing. Think about how you would feel if your spouse never wanted you. Mm-hmm. If they had no desire for you, you actually ought to consider the fact that your spouse desires you sexually as as a pretty awesome thing because there are people out there begging for their spouse to give them attention. And when your spouse quits, it hurts. So I just want to throw that it out does. there. It does. And, and it's worth noting, again, uh, if you're the man and you have the lower drive uh, this may be your wife. She may just feel like she's she's begging for it all the time. Maybe she's quit, but she would love for you to be the one to initiate. Yep. Step up. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, here's some good stuff we want to throw out. We talk about this in our workshop a lot. God created married sex for so much more than procreation and actually even more than for pleasure. Uh, early in marriage, we thought we knew we could have babies, but we thought, hey, this is just for fun. We'll do it when we have time. There's so much power in sex. There's oneness. There's comfort. There's bonding. There is knowledge. There is God created sex for you to connect with your spouse over and over and over, to reconnect with your spouse. It's almost like plugging into your spouse and going, oh, my spouse, I love them. I forgot how much I love them. And so married sex does so much and has so many benefits for your marriage, and, and it's such a healthy thing. And, and married sex isn't just sex. Uh, it's those two people over and over and over um, connecting as one. It's, a, it's just such a pure form of intimacy where you touch, you touch more than physically. It is very emotional. It is very spiritual. And there is a very, very spiritual thing uh, when it comes to being sexually involved with your spouse. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, um, we you know we talked about the connection, the reconnection uh, as a husband and a wife, and you know we talked about how great orgasms are, uh, but that's not the goal of good married sex. Um, don't miss what leads up to it—the uh, oneness, the right. connection. Take your time. Yeah, uh, spend enjoy, time. Yeah. Just enjoy one another. Yeah, uh, you can't do that every time. We realize that. Sure. But you got little kids in the house, right? Quickies have to become a really important thing. <laughs> we, we understand quickies. We've yes. been there. Yes. Um, since we're talking about this, let's throw out a little bit about oxytocin. And this is really cool. It's something you might want to look up and read about. And we've talked about it in the past. But oxytocin is released into your body. Um, when you have sex with your spouse, it is an incredible gift from God. And, and, and it's that oxytocin helps you to bond. It connects you. It reconnects you as a couple. It's, uh, it's kind of your way. Oxytocin is released 
in a, in a woman's body when she gives birth, when she breastfeeds, and when a married couple has sex, when, when people have sex. And, and it's God's way of connecting you going, this is my, my spouse and I love them. And don't miss that. That's really important. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like that glue in that your marriage. It is. Yeah. It, it connects you and holds you together. Yeah. Uh, what is it that you always say? You, you can have... You can have a, a good sex life without ha- say it because I'm not oh, saying it right. You I know think I'm, yeah, you know I'm I going. Think so. You can <laughs> you can have you can have no. Maybe I don't. You can have a good marriage. You can have a good marriage without sex, but it's uh, hard to have. No, you can have. Ah, maybe we should just skip that part. Right? <laughs> We're not saying uh, that. No, right. <laughs> you can. You. It's hard to have a good marriage and have a great sex life. Okay, it's not about the sex. Sex life does not make your marriage great. Uh, but it's hard to have a great marriage and not have have sex life, mm-hmm. and so that's the idea. You know, you have to find other ways to connect uh, if you can't have those sex. sexless marriages that we talked about. They have to they, find other ways to connect. Yeah, they they may not have the best marriages. Maybe they do, but you you do have to find yeah. some ways to be intimate other than yeah. sexually yeah. Uh, in a sexless. And marriage. there's probably some really good marriages that are sexless marriages because of sure because of prob- age. Yes. you know they 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 have had sex for years. <laughs> you Does that make get sense? To the point, and you get to the yes. point to where intimacy is dancing with your spouse in the living room. Yes, or, reading your Bible together, yeah, praying exactly. together, and uh, so we going on trips and and making new memories. We're, yeah. we're not saying that if you don't ever have sex, you can't your marriage won't make it. Absolutely. Um, Finally, and and this is really important, a good way to close, statistically, honestly, the couples with the best sex lives are the ones that are willing to talk about it. When you're not embarrassed to say, you know, hey, this worked well, or I like this, or did that feel good? What could I have done different? Um, Couples who talk about about sex is is healthy. And, and, And when you can talk about what you like and didn't like, what works and doesn't work, um... Man, it really it really helps your sex life. It does, and 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 we've mentioned it before. We did not grow up in homes where this was discussed, and so this was a challenge for us when we got married. It was uncomfortable, and so when we would read books about sex, that would just mm-hmm. kind of open the doors for some conversation that we otherwise were just we just felt too embarrassed or uncomfortable to bring up. Um, so, just the promptings from reading a book together can be very healthy. Uh, can lead to some healthy discussions. It can. So yeah. did you ever think 20 years ago you and I would be talking about no. sex and saying the word, we said the word orgasm. Our moms would be rolling over in their graves, clitoris. right? We said clitoris <laughs> on the internet. Okay, stop. Okay, all right, sorry. <laughs> stop. But the, God made those things. He is God, A God who makes sex as a beautiful gift for your marriage isn't something that he's embarrassed you talking about with your spouse. And if that's true, and if us talking about these things, and you listening to them help y'all to talk about it in your marriage, and it blesses your marriage, then we've succeeded. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's coffee time. Yes, I'm ready for coffee. You ready for coffee? I'm ready for coffee. I am ready for afternoon coffee. Y'all have a blessed day. We'll see y'all in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, we'll see you at uh, an upcoming workshop. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.